1: Welcome to season 3, episode 13 of the Box Set Pod. Um, the, don't worry if the, the title of seasons shouldn't worry you. If you are listening for the first time, there's, there's no need to go back. It's just uh, a fun way of titling the episodes that's uh, in line with TV box sets, which is what this box set pod is all about. Don't forget, lots of people emailing us saying they listen. Um, What we want you to do, though, is recommend us to somebody else as well. So tell that person you know to listen to the box set pod, if you like it, that is. And today, well, it's a special... Episode 3, Season 13, Howell and Jamie from the north of England. The wall uh, in Game of Thrones, if you watch that. Um,
2: You you mean Season 3, Episode 13? That's what I said. Uh, Listen back later. What did I say? Episode 13. You don't know.
1: Something wrong anyway. Something wrong. Um, Welcome to a two-part special with Doug Stanhope. We rang Doug in uh at his home in america so i've got doug stanhope's home phone number if you want it you can offer me Ooh. money for what? it highest bidder will win doug's home phone number have you texted him It's his home phone number, Jamie, and let me explain. You can't text people on their home... You can actually
2: text home phone numbers, Howell. I'm not sure if you can in
1: America. You
2: can, I've tried it. Uh, Have you? Okay.
1: Um, Well, we rang Doug, it was 11 o'clock in the morning on the uh, Arizona-Mexican border, and he was hungover, and um, we were supposed to talk to him for 15 minutes... And we ended up talking for just under an hour. So we are going to split it into two parts. And, you know, I don't mean to do down part one, but I will say this. He was hungover. It was first thing in the morning. And he admitted at the end that it took him a while to get going. So let's say that this first one, He's perhaps a little bit slower
2: than in the second part. Yeah, I mean he was he was post Bender. Yeah. He was clearly off his face the night before and he yeah. was in recovery mode and we, we you know, it took a while to, to rev up the gears. Yes it he did. He's figuring us out, we're figuring him out.
1: And also there's that thing of people who've fried their brains a little bit. Um, you don't really know it was a bit like when we interviewed Russell Gomer from Stella back in season one. Um You know, uh, there's there's often like a pause. I'll tell you this: um, I've edited this interview, and all I've done is just cut out the pauses. And there must have been ten minutes of pauses in total. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So I've paced it up a little bit for you, but I mean, essentially, it's all there. It's what we what happened with Doug. I mean, no one like. Let's put it down to satellite issues. No one likes pauses, do they? So we've just closed the gaps there. Two parts with, I think, the funniest man around. I think he is. uh, I love watching Doug Stanhope. I think he's brilliant. Certainly in the top ten. And he's coming over to the UK, which is why we managed to get this uh, interview. So have you got anything to add, Jamie? Uh, we We did have a couple of emails. We should mention them. You can email us, studio at com, and we're giving away the full, every season of um, Entourage to our favourite email this season. So when we get to the end of
2: season three, we'll give it away. Daniel's emailed us a lot. He has indeed. Daniel's been on. Uh, So is Rachel Hayworth. She says, uh, hi, I'm Rachel from St. Helens. I used to listen to you both on Rock FM. When you left, I discovered this podcast. I've just... Binged, it, binged on it and listened to all 38 episodes. I'm why is it 38 episodes? Easy. I'm not a box set buff, but I think that now I have listened to Hooper I want to go home and watch a shitload of box sets. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Keep doing what you're doing, boys. Love Rachel. Like that email. That's a contender for the for the winning. That- definitely yeah i like that
1: rachel nice to have you on board daniel we've been having a conversation with daniel on this so daniel podcast. recommended
2: house to us and we pretty much shot him down in yeah, flames sorry daniel
1: <laughs> let me say this daniel
2: you're entitled to like whatever you like we ain't snobs hey no, no i'm still watching house it's just you know there, there are uh it's just one of those shows that's you know grown a bit tired with age but he does say he
1: brought it up to make the uh,
2: to emphasize the tropes Uh, Brought up the Sherlock connections to emphasise the tropes. What does the tropes mean? I think it's a place in uh, Afghanistan.
1: Right, okay. Um, Shame that house doesn't stand up, he says. Uh, At least we agree on 24. I made it to the end of season two before I gave up. Sold the box sets and spent the money on a complete Stargate season one. Did I regret? No. Well, let me tell you this. I am now... uh, I finished season one of 24... Oh, it's hard going. Season two, I'm about to begin, and we need to discuss this with Helen from Empire Magazine because she's our resident person we talk to Mm. about female issues. Let me tell you this. 24 is the most fundamentally sexist box set I have ever seen. If you think about it, if you watched it, right, the cause of every problem in the world of 24 is that of women. Really? Duplicitous... Lying or stupid, bad decision-making women. It really is, and it maybe really? it's a staple of like the old school action movie. I don't know, but it's like it wasn't
2: that long ago. Twenty-four, though. I, I know. I know. Um, it doesn't no picked it, up on it. Well. The, the, not everyone is as smart as me and uh, I have picked up on that so if you
1: want to challenge that opinion email me studio at the box at pod dot com let's be honest here women can be silly <laughs> that's correct Jamie we all know that they are the, the fault of all things so on that bombshell let's have part one of Doug Stanhope uh, we ring him in Arizona and um, uh, this is part one and next week will be part two Good morning. Doug, how's, uh, how's Arizona?
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's blurry.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's foggy. There's still shit my contact lenses. Uh, yesterday was the first, uh, first night of uh, football for the season, so uh... it was a huge party. And, uh, yeah, because I'm just uh, trying to uh, rethink the, the wreckage of everything that happened. But it uh, seemed to be too much damage.
1: Have you watched any of that um, series, Friday Night Lights?
0: No, no, I'm not, I'm not bad into football. Yeah. I just like the uniforms. <laughs> Good reason to get together and drink.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've seen your did- bit about the uniforms. It's one of my favourite uh, homoerotic <laughs> comedy moments.
2: I was watching a bit you did, Doug, about um, Jake LaMotta living quite close by and he came round to watch the football. Does he still live near you?
0: He has a house. He has. He lives in three places. He lives here in New York, and evidently in Miami. Yeah. He's usually here for the uh, October, November, December. Yeah, so he should be coming back. I, 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 we're always surprised that he's alive to come back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, have you not been tempted to buy multiple properties yet? Doug, or is touring stand-up comedy enough.
0: Oh, I have multiple properties, but they're all here. (laughs) One's on the next street, and one's on the next street still uh, two blocks up.
1: I'm going to admit something really uh, geeky now. Last time I went to London, I tracked down Michael Palin's house because I'm a big Michael Palin, Monty Python fan. And he's um, and I've been reading his diaries, and he talks a lot about his street. Basically, Michael Palin has bought the entire street and turned it into one house. Oh, it's a great plan. Why move? Why <laughs> why uh, why buy a bigger house when you can buy the whole thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how uh, Johnny Depp did it. It's a dead end street right off the Sunset. Really? And there's only one. Really? That is one one house that won't, one, There's a holdout. They won't give
2: up. I watched an interview you did on Howard Stern about a project with Johnny Depp. Is that is that actually happening or? Um, or no, nah, that never happened. Oh, that's a shame. Why not? Been
0: awesome. Yeah, we'd sit around and talk about how great it would be, and then neither of us ever really do anything <laughs> other than talk
1: about it. Yeah. <laughs> I did, you know, we we uh, we got told that we'd be interviewing you, and it's just really exciting because we're big fans, and and you're one of those guys that are somewhere between. Well, you you're a, genius and people expect life advice from you whilst you seemingly seem like the worst person in the world to ask life advice from do you <laughs> do you find you have a responsibility everywhere you go to do people ask you the meaning of life i
0: get uh, i get quite a few uh really dark sad emails <laughs> but they're usually very complimentary too they're like hey thank you you help me through and then it goes on to <laughs> describe most awful, wretched, bottom-dwelling depression that you could go through or turmoil or loss of limbs or loved ones or, uh-huh.
1: yeah, so thank you. Thanks for sending it. More of the first sentence next
2: time. The first time I became aware of your stuff was unlike Charlie Brooker's screen wipe. Yeah, me in too. In this country, did did you feel like that changed things for you in the UK? Did did it uh, give you greater exposure?
0: I'm sure it has, but I have not capitalized on because I haven't <laughs> been over there in three years.
2: But well, are you you coming over soon, aren't you? Yeah, yeah,
0: in a couple of weeks.
2: How do you think we got this interview, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you find there's a difference in between like, the UK audience and the US audience?
1: <laughs> I, I, the,
0: the last guy that asked me that, I was just so hungover. I, I snapped on because it, <laughs> it always goes through my head that that's the stupidest fucking question <laughs> and I'm tired of fucking. <laughs> and that day it just came out of my mouth. <laughs> I was like that's the stupidest fucking question. <laughs> Tell him, Any audience? I, 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 I should how's a Wednesday audience different from a Thursday audience?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it depends. It depends on where you are, or what mood, or what did, did the show start late. Is it an all-standing rock and roll venue? I mean, <laughs> <that> is, <laughs> when, every audience is
1: different. On one point there, I disagree with you. I used to do theatre um, shows, I was a theatre director, and on Monday nights you had zero response from the crowd, or any joke, it was, it was always quiet, but at the end you had the biggest applause of the week, and it, was like, and it just seemed to be that everyone was exhausted, on a because it was Monday, they, they didn't want to make any effort and at the end of the night. Yeah,
0: I always, uh, 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 and and it's, again, a generalization. Yeah. But depending on where you are, Monday audiences can be great in uh, their uh, service industry.
1: Yeah, ah, They right. just had
0: to fucking ah. you know, serve assholes all weekend, and this is their <laughs> Friday, and they're better people than the assholes they're used to serving.
1: You, know, you did Vegas for a while, didn't you, early on? I, I started in Vegas, yeah. Right. And, and that I was... Well, it's not the Vegas
0: you think. That those the strip didn't touch you You know, you're playing bars, bar rooms to locals who are sitting at. You're in a stage, and there's a bar between you and uh, the, the the bar where people are sitting. That's the front row, staring straight down, playing poker machines.
2: <laughs> never, oh, never
1: man. looking up. Oh, man. well, at least they've got something to put their energy into if they think you. Crap!
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I was uh, yeah. The, the first time you're heckled by a, a, a royal flush, yeah. and all the bells and whistles go off, and you're like, "I knew it was only a matter of time before this
2: night
1: happened." <laughs> <laughs> Someone jumping up and shrieking as they just won twelve hundred bucks. I got married in Vegas last year, up um, Mount Charleston. Oh yeah, yeah. It was great. I've, I've only been there once, even though I lived there for three years yeah I no, it's nice do you um, what, you live in Arizona, so Vegas is quite close. Is, is Vegas one of those places that if you know it and if you've worked at it, you, you don't like it very much like as a tourist?
0: I still love it. I don't I don't, uh, I, don't uh, like, I, I, I love old Vegas, so I, I go downtown I'll Me go too. to. I hate that how overgrown it's become. I love Reno for that reason, because Reno is still old and filthy like Vegas was in the yeah, 60s. Uh,
1: I've not done Reno yet, but we always stay downtown when we go.
0: And, and
1: just because I'm in Arizona, we're still uh, nine and a half hours away from Vegas. Wow. Jesus. that's uh, Arizona's a big state. Yeah, that's two hours less than us getting there from Manchester. Charlie, well, they're driving, I mean. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's a neighboring state. Where's your favorite place to go to in the States? Because I saw that you went to Hawaii recently. Was that in an interview or have I imagined that?
0: Yeah, no, I, that was, a, I'm a I'm a, a mileage freak. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, so I go on, yeah, I go on these uh, mileage runs. I went from Tucson to uh, Tokyo to uh, Hawaii and back just, just to get miles. But I had a 12-hour layover in Hawaii, so.
1: Actually, wow. uh, usually i don't leave the airport oh my god oh hawaii's great though what a place uh yeah i i am not a huge fan oh why not i've always it's always been kind of boring to me oh really uh, mind you you have hot weather most of the time we live in manchester it's grey and it's cold hawaii's like
0: oh yeah it's beautiful weather but like the bars suck yeah, uh, I've never found a, a great, uh, I've finally found one great bar in uh, Honolulu, Arnold's uh, Tiki Lounge, Tiki Hut, a little dive bar, but yeah, I, do, I prefer Florida to Hawaii, not that that's great, but if you want, if you want to go somewhere nice, not leave the country.
1: Yeah. You know when some, some people say things and they kind of just stick with you, and that was your, your bit about the difference between London and America was uh, great and that I've quoted that to more people because I've I'd, I'd love to move to the states I'm sure I'd you know get sick of it really quickly but you're absolutely right when you get off the plane in Orlando or somewhere and just that country comes across you it's so different and I would miss the healthcare and uh, very little else that would that would be it for me. <laughs> you know, I, 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 w-
0: I wish I'd recorded that bit because it's not something that you can really do in the states and yeah. just to record and put out. Like I'd love to have that out there because the original uh, bit that I was closing with the last time I was in the UK, that was like a, a, a fourteen minute bit. No way. Wow! Yeah, no, I'm even tempted to try to find. I have a shitty recording of it somewhere. Wow! Try to find a night there somewhere that they haven't heard it, which is probably nowhere. (laughs) And just go like at the end of the show, go, "Hey, I'm going to fucking do this one bit just so I can have it recorded." If you've heard it before, shut up.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Does that
1: does that bother you? Does does repeating? material really sort
0: of buggy yeah well once it's out there absolutely I hate even when uh, nothing upsets me more than when someone comes to the same show uh, the uh, uh, same tour like two nights in a row as though it's all off the top of your head yeah. And then they sit there, and they're saying the same shit, <laughs> staring at the same guy. I, I played Leicester Square Theater three nights in a row, and the same guy sat in the same seat front row <laughs> center every night. Wow. Second night, I thought, uh, maybe it's just me, all these you know, marble-headed English people look the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the third night, I walked out, and I said... Are you the same guy that's been here the last two nights? And he nodded. And he just seemed unamused, too. That was the thing.
1: He wasn't really into it. He got gradually less amused, or he was unamused from the first show?
0: Yeah, he never seemed uh, very happy. <laughs> but, uh, but by the third time, i am gone, this is going to be the same shit. So then I was just scrambling to, f- to say anything that I hadn't said in two nights, <laughs> oh. even if it was not funny, and yeah, sabotaging my own show just for one this one douchebag. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I had an awful show. And, of course, that's the one the critics were at. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We, uh, on the radio once, we had a, a text. Jamie was uh, Jamie was away for the day and I was on my own. And um, I just got one text from someone that just said, you sound like a c-. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> I couldn't, like, I just wanted to kill myself for three hours. I was just sat there. And <laughs> that was the only person I was performing to for the rest of the... And it's stupid. It's It's, it's got, it's just insecurity, isn't it? For some reason... If
0: there's a difference between U.S. audiences and UK audiences, I uh, am more scared of UK audiences. It's almost like playing to a to a black room. If they like you, <laughs> you feel way better about yourself. than you, <laughs> but if they don't, you're terrified.
1: But is that not just part of like the fear of travel? You know, when you when you're in a different country, it's like. You, are, you want to get from A to B safely. You, you know, you, your guard is up. Because British audiences are, I think, so much softer than American audiences. Like, I would say that. But I think it just feels that, in general, audiences in the States, we perceive them as being more polarized because the media is so much more polarized. Presumably yeah,
0: but I, I, I don't play to those audiences anymore. I play to my audiences. But by now, people know what they're coming to see.
2: Yeah, yeah, and
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. When the when the ticket price is high enough that no one's wandering in accidentally, <laughs> <laughs> then you then you just have your own audiences, and you scare those douchebags out. No one's getting offended. But uh, yeah, I, I almost feel like my UK audience is rabid enough that if I don't <laughs> live up to some kind of expectations of offending people, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe in your there's a, more of a feeling that they. They want more blood, Yeah. <laughs> and it's, they don't care if it's mine.
1: <laughs> yeah, and in in interviews and stuff, presumably you are expected to be a spokesperson on the States as well, and they expect that somewhat as well, so they want you to be uh, talking about Donald Trump. and
0: Yeah, I, 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 I often confuse that because I do a lot more media in the UK, right. and they're the ones that are always asking me political questions as though I'm some fucking you know lewis black kind of act <laughs> yeah i don't I, I mean when after 9-11 there was you it was you had to bring up george bush occasionally yeah but other than that i've never been a political guy i wasn't then i just i you happen to, i happen to mention stuff yeah so then i i think maybe subliminally i think the audience expects more social relevance yeah. Sometimes my acts are you know, chock full of dick jokes and those are my happiest <laughs> moments.
1: And they're trying to work you out. That's the thing, the British audience. We in our heads we have two types of you know, in Britain it's it's Labour and Conservative and it's left and right yeah. and that's it. You are you are perplexing to us because it's because we don't we can't work out who you vote for. You're a libertarian and over here we don't really have that. We don't have that. We've got the liberal Democrats, and they're just a joke. But we we label, you know, it's very difficult. We we don't have people who, who believe in liberty in the same way. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what you guys believe in. We 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 we're more labor than conservative. But I like Vegas. I I'm libertarian. If I was in America, I would label myself as a libertarian. But I wouldn't vote for Mitt Romney.
0: I would uh, if I had to vote right now, just on my very cursory knowledge of watching one. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> uh, republican debate and then reading a couple of things on newser yeah. i would be uh, uh, tossed up between bernie sanders and uh, ron paul and uh gary johnson who are all three different parties that's republican democrat and libertarian
1: right <laughs> yeah and that's why i think i think that's why people are so interested in your views because it's Again, you—you this—you know—you're this, you're seen as this oracle of wisdom that has got all the answers for. I'm you. a drying pond of wisdom. <laughs> You've... In the in the global warming of
0: alcoholism, yeah. and aging.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> when you were on Marin, you were talking. You were kind of inferring that you were maybe slowing down a bit, getting a bit older, getting a bit happier, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. If I could take a picture of the patio and send it to you right now, do it. That's a pretty good goddamn
1: life right here. Can we come and do the podcast from your house one day? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. That'd so great. When are you over? When are you coming over?
0: When do you leave? I leave on the twenty eighth. Get there a couple of days early and okay. shake off this Xanax from the plane ride. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. First show is October second in uh, Glasgow. Glasgow first. Are so you going straight for the Scots? Nice. I know that I start in Glasgow, and I uh, the last two nights are Dublin and uh, Reykjavik, Iceland. And in between that, I have no idea. I know <laughs> I'm doing 20 dates total, but I don't, I don't know where and when.
1: Well, the nearest to us, we're in Manchester. You're definitely doing Manchester. So yeah. They're doing, yeah. Uh,
2: they're doing the Lowry, I think. Oh, are you? you're doing the Lowry. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. I'm pretty sure I've done that before.
1: Yeah, lovely. Have you done Reykjavik before? Have you done Iceland before?
2: I, I've
0: uh, only played the uh,
1: prison there. Really? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I,
0: I, I wanted to go to Iceland just because it sounded like a weird, stupid place to go. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I read that uh, uh, John Narr was a comedian that got elected mayor right after the whole crash, the economic crash. mm He'd run a joke campaign for mayor of Reykjavik and won. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Accidentally. Yeah, it's like that <laughs> Robin Williams movie, The Man of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he was the mayor. So I wrote to him, and he said he had just uh, gotten into me through Charlie Brooker. He no said he used to have a, uh, a, a pen pal in prison in Arizona. And I told him I used to have a uh, death row pen pal in prison in florida so i said yeah uh, so i said when i come over I- i'd love to see one of your prisons and they only have one maximum security prison which is kind of minimum security and there's only 84
1: people in it <laughs> I, was, I was going to ask have eisen got enough people to have a prison <laughs> yeah 84 of them and they're, they're, they're they live in basically college
0: dorms <laughs> I walk in, guys, uh, the couple of guys are making dinner in the kitchen area, uh, and they have knives, like butcher knives, <laughs> but they have them attached to a cord like a pen at a bank. No way. <laughs> so you can't, can't get the knife away from the table. You can only use it if it's stainless steel. <laughs> table.
1: And, so you've got to persuade someone to come close enough to you so that you can stab them. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and I said oh, I am going to go out and have a cigarette. They go, "Oh, you can smoke, but
0: you have to go into one of the room the the cells." <laughs> so I'm hanging out in this guy's cell
1: with a couple of dudes smoking cigarettes. It's fucking wicked good. Like every prison should be like that. <laughs> Amazing. Did you really have a pen pal on Death Row in Florida? Yeah, yeah, back in the 90s. Wow. We had a, a, a ad in the classified section
0: uh of the the pen pal section of the LA Times and uh it said, death row inmate, 6'185 pounds, single white male, responds to all correspondence. Mm-hmm. So I just sent a prank letter saying, I was intrigued with your letter, more so that you would include your height and weight. You're a murderer. <laughs> Do you think someone's going to not write to you because you're a bit too chunky? <laughs> so I just wrote this whole goof letter, and he wrote back saying, you have no idea how... Hard it is, uh, and important it is to be able to laugh in a place like this. Thank you very much. So I was hooked.
1: Oh wow! And I just
0: started writing them. Uh, I wrote them for years, and uh, if it, I, I, at some point early on I said, "Hey, save my letters and send them back to me so I can use them as a you know, de facto diary." Yeah. And if if it hadn't been for that, I, this book I just I wrote just wrote a book and uh, I wouldn't have been able to remember half the shit from those years if it weren't for those letters wow
1: where can I get your book I want to read your book it's uh
0: it's 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 on uh it's on Amazon under its working title it was on Amazon while I was writing it someone tweeted me saying hey I see your books already for sale (laughs) (laughs) with with a link and I go I'm writing this book as we speak (laughs) as it for sale it's not even done I don't even know how it ends that's insane (laughs) That's so yeah, it's, uh, it's, if you go, uh, on Amazon, it's under one funny mother because okay. it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, my life, uh, With mom. and my, my so, yeah, that, yeah,
1: that, so was, that
0: sounds so fucking boring to say, but it's, no, it's, no, it's no, not no. like that. It's pretty fucking dark and, uh. Yeah, twisted, but it's it. It starts with my mother's suicide, and then works backwards from it.
1: Do you um do you get involved with um campaigns and things about assisted suicide now?
0: Uh, we just had uh, Bisbee was the first uh, city in Arizona did that just passed a resolution. No way. Which means nothing. We also uh, passed a you know, gay marriage or civil union. resolution, which, again, means nothing. It's symbolic, but it's a symbolism that needs to be addressed, especially in a fucking state like this. So, yeah, they just passed the first uh, assisted suicide
1: resolution. Wow. It does seem to be a kind of new wave of libertarian laws being passed over there at the moment.
0: Yeah, a lot of you don't know who takes credit. If it's just progressive. Yeah. But again, both the, both parties have candidates that are finally addressing prison reform uh, and drug laws uh, and mandatory drug sentencing. Uh,
1: so, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit hopeful. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Would you ever move away we, from the Is there anywhere else in Would the world ever, that you'd live? Not unless I was on the lam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Listen, we've... I thought about Costa Rica. We started to go to Costa Rica quite a bit. In the oh, really? And right after 9-11. <laughs> right yeah. After 9-11, my buddy, my buddy Becker up in Alaska called me up. He goes, we got to go to Costa Rica because the answer is going to be nothing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he, yeah. he was right. And so we started going to Costa Rica and get a, a little piece of property down there out in the fucking middle of nowhere because I let let him pick. Uh, I'll I just take your word for it. And then he found, found some chunk of land that's in the middle of nowhere and near nothing. Wow. But perfect for on the lamb. Yeah. But every time I'd go down there, going, I could live here. And then after two weeks, you go, I would drink myself to death like, like Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to do, which is nice for vacation. Hey, I, I can finally read a book without my cell phone or my Twitter bothering me. Yeah. And then you, you go, hey, let's go boogie boarding. But by now, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and you go, oh, we just ate lunch. Okay, let's start drinking now. <laughs> so then you're, then you're pie-eyed by 6 o'clock at night. You're sideways. You fall down. You pass out. You wake up at 10 o'clock hungry, but everything's closed. So you take advantage and go back to bed. Now you're up even earlier. So you go boogie boarding <laughs> even earlier. Then you eat lunch at 11, and by noon, you're going – Fuck it. Might as well start drinking. <laughs> Eventually your boogie board isn't drunk at night. <laughs> you just woke up.
1: I, we've gone way over the time we were supposed to, by the way. We'll 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 go in a minute. Well, I'm just finally waking up. I'm just getting my uh,
0: my
2: morning coffee yeah, let's
1: let's done. Get going. That's the end of part one, ending just as we get going. I think you'll agree, um, Doug. Probably I mean, should
2: just cut all that out, really.
1: No, no, it's great. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, but I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, I ask him a question next, and uh, and off he goes. He's ready to go, and we find out at the end of the part two next week. That Doug was actually doing something else during recording this podcast. What was it? Uh, you can make a guess if you like. Studio at the box at Doug Stanhope, part two next week. Bye.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.